0: Hi, I'm
1: Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Mr. Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight.
2: Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun.
0: Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? MMA Amazing. Radio.
1: Welcome to It's M-Amazing Radio, I'm your host, Dr. Law, with me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me, Kid Presentable. Yo, you know, it's a shame we don't do the uh, video format anymore, because uh, our listeners will get to enjoy. Me and Mike got that same fucking shirt on right now. Yes. it is a wonderful time. Couple and six. the man wearing the same shirt as this man, Lavender Gooms.
0: I want to wish all of you and hope you all had a very good Armed Forces Day this past Saturday.
1: <laughs> Mike's got that holiday candor on point. <laughs> yeah, Mike just got all the holidays listed right now. It's also like Donut Week or something. He didn't give a shout out to that. Always one. Donut Day or Pizza yeah. Day or Taco Day. <laughs> I feel hard, compile hard, it. There's the like there's like five probably. of them a year. Yeah, there, there's like five of Yeah, each one is multiple
2: times a year. You know, it's, it's the donut. It's a, it's, it's a big donut being like, hey, sales are down. We got to. Remind everyone that we exist.
1: Yeah, there we go. Um, all right, boys and girls, we're going to talk about... A, you know, this is barely an MMA podcast today, folks. I'm not even going to front. Because Mark's going to talk about the main event from this past Saturday. Oh, yeah. And then we're going to talk about Sage Northcutt's face being in eight different places now. And uh, I don't even know if Paulie Malignaggi versus Artem Lobavian counts. We don't even know if it's this weekend or not. We think it is. No, it's like a month from now. <laughs> oh, fuck that. We're not even going to talk about that one. Uh, maybe we will. And then we're going to talk about Game of Thrones until uh, Stefan actually wells up in tears of anger. Um, little stuff. Honestly, I'm pretty far along
2: the stages of grief. You know, um, I'm like one step away from acceptance. Uh, so Is I that, think I is that
1: depression? It. Which one's the last? Which one's the fourth one? I think depression is part of the steps. I, I
2: think I think depression and grief are the are grief. the thing you're going through. No, grief,
1: okay, so. what's <laughs> no. One of them. One of the stages is like depression. I mean, I'll tell you these motherfuckers the answer here. Five stages. Grief. It goes denial, anger, bargaining, depression is the fourth one. Like I said, then acceptance. I think they I they it call one. it grief. I don't think people call it depression. I'm on the <laughs> I'm on grief.com. Okay, it's they the they five the, it's the five <laughs> stages hey, of grief. The fourth stage is depression.
0: Also, I don't think there ever was a denial stage when it comes to uh, this final episode because all of us knew by maybe episode four of this season, this isn't going to end well for us. No, Mike, the denial
2: denial stage started happening in season seven. It's like, okay, they're just short on time. They'll get this right at the end. They'll find a way to get this right. They're not going to blow this at
1: the finish line. Um, Okay, we got to start. We'll get get to the Game of Thrones complaining. Then we're going to do... Uh, little stuff we like, and we're gonna give you guys a full, uh, fledged preview of AEW's foray into the, I guess, wrestling business. Uh, Double or Nothing, which Steph and I are going to this Saturday at the old, not so luxurious MGM Grand Garden Arena with our- And not particularly good seats! I mean, literally the cheapest seats you could buy. Um, $36. Another nine dollars in convenience fees, which is impressive. That is a twenty-five percent convenience fee. Just putting that out there. Fucking access, man. Just as bad as thinking master. about it. Maybe you guys should have ponied up for some better seats. I mean, if you go hey, all the way
3: to Vegas for thirty-six. You know what, man? When, like, you you to, when you
1: want to fly to, when you want to fucking fly to Vegas on Memorial Day de- weekend, you're already in for like more. You need well, to be. You in. know
3: what, Bob? I read your little cheat because I wanted to be, you know, up on my facts because yeah. I don't know shit about this. And what I just learned just now is that. You're actually saving well, – okay, you're not saving any money because of the fucking flight. But your ticket seats are less than the pay-per-view. Yeah, it is. I list. saw it's that. It's not necessarily a bad move. <laughs> it's like I want to see this. I'm not going to pay this fucking pay-per-view. I'll, I'll pay a plane ticket to go to Vegas to watch on a big screen.
1: <laughs> um, hey, man, there was extenuating circumstances that led to us buying the cheapest seats possible. Sure. Also, it was not easy to buy tickets at this bitch. They sold it out quick. Um, All right, guys. Um, UFC was in – I want to say Rochester, this past weekend, Um, sure. where five-round main event between two guys fighting at welterweight who used to fight at lightweight. The former UFC lightweight champion of the world, Rafael Dos Anjos, took on a man who competed for, I believe, the interim UFC lightweight championship, Kevin Lee. Um Marcus, Kevin Lee's gas tank didn't get fixed by moving up 15 pounds, did it? Yeah, I mean... There's not really a
3: ton to break down because if you saw the fight, you kind of knew who lost what. And it was really – Kevin Lee lost this fight just because like what Bobby said. His stamina just wasn't in there for the full five rounds at 170 guess, against Dos Anjos, who's who's been at welterweight for a good while now, at least a couple years, and kind of made a home here. Um, and obviously, he's a lot more accustomed to the weight. I mean, he's the man elbow. also is a,
1: a cardio goddamn machine in general is how he and operates.
3: And at this point, he's had a lot of five-round fights under his belt. Like, this is not new stuff for him. Um, Kevin Lee also has had a good amount of uh, five-round fights. But we've seen, you know, his win-loss ratio kind of plummet in his last couple of fights. I think this was two in a row for him. But when you look back, it's, it had been a little checkerboard in those last couple fights. Um, and really, I, I liked a lot of what Kevin Lee was doing in this fight. He was fighting a southpaw fighter in Dos Anjos very correctly. He was using using his right straight lead as his leadoff attack. He was using his rear leg uh, kicks to slam kicks to the body with push kicks and uh, just roundhouse kicks to the body. He was doing a lot of things right when it came to the stand-up. Really, where he lost this fight and ultimately his stamina just got depleted was... Uh, failed takedown attempts against the cage. He spent a lot of time in the clinch in a double leg position, trying to angle and position him way, uh, position himself in a way that he'd be able to take Dos Anjos down. And he just wasted a lot of time and energy in that in, in that position. And you saw going into the second round, uh, Dos Anjos on the stool extremely clear headed. You know, he was not fatigued at all. He still had a lot of explosive energy. He was still thinking clearly. You can see Kevin Lee had started to hit that point in the gas tank where you're breathing a little heavy. You're not, you know, you can just tell, you can look in a fighter's eyes and tell when he's kind of hitting the reserves and he's not gassed, but he doesn't have that clear state of mind. He's not talking back with the corner and having conversations. He's listening to the advice, taking it in and trying to implement it. And, and, and really it, it's tough to really be super negative on what Kevin did. He just he resorted on a style of fighting which had won him a lot of fights, but now we're starting to see at the upper echelon, you know, these guys are able to take him into the deep waters, and that t- tends to be where he drowns. And ultimately, what we saw was Dos Anjos. I mean, I think he even won a lot of these early rounds. Uh, they were very competitive, uh, competitive, and very close. Uh, it's, but when you when got into the third and fourth round, you can really see Kevin start to um, just not put the output. I think in the third round, really, he didn't score any takedowns. He only threw a couple punches. And ultimately, in the fifth round, the, the ending sequence was Kevin Lee taking a misguided shot, getting on his hands and knees, and, and really having no defense at that point. Uh, Dos Anjos quickly took his back, threw some punches. Kevin Lee gave up mount was in mount, basically threw an arm up, just saying, please choke me out, and uh, Dos Anjos obliged. Uh, So really, at the end of the day, you know, Dos Anjos looked great. Um, Like Bobby said, dude's a cardio machine. He's a dangerous uh, fighter. He's ranked three in welterweight for a reason. And I think um, when you look at Kevin Lee, obviously still has some issues with his gas tank and how he chooses to stretch out his stamina throughout the round. He just wasted a lot of it. I think if he would have just stood up with Dos Anjos, this fight could have been very different. He was doing pretty well on his feet. Um, and ultimately, you know, moving up to welter rate, I think might be a good move for Kevin Lee, not to have to cut Man, the weight. He's got,
1: he's got to manage that tank, though. I think he's got honestly, he's got a decent relationship with Tyron Woodley. He might want to make a phone call there. Cause Tyron Woodley learned as a guy who had a hard time managing his gas with a similar body type how to manage it better while still being explosive. Just saying. Yeah. That would I be think a good person just, to talk. Just the other uh, mitigating factors—he's going up in a higher weight class, and this is a five-round
3: fight. You know, I think all these things kind of led into him not having a great first experience at welterweight. I don't think he should abandon it necessarily, but I think his next fight hopefully will be a little bit more in the realm of someone who's going to be able to. I mean, first, I don't think it'll be a five-round fight. I, I imagine he'll have a three-round fight for his next fight, and he'll be against someone that's maybe not in the top five top seven of welterweight and he, and i think he'll fare better in, in that kind of stage but we'll see you know kevin lee is still a young fighter he's definitely hit some roadblocks here but hopefully they're learning curves for him because i mean obviously he has time and the athletic ability to be really great in this sport he just needs to kind of you know make some small adjustments in how he trains and how he, like Bobby said, just utilizes that stamina. You know, he has, it's not that he necessarily has a bad gas tank, but he spent a lot of it failing takedown attempts in this. And I think the game plan needs to be, okay, you know, if you're not getting that takedown off the first shot, if you have to grapple against the guy against the cage, maybe it's better to break off and let's just just box with these guys because he has good hands. He showed in this fight, he definitely knows how to fight southpaws too because we definitely saw guys like Eddie Alvarez just, just look confused out there against Southpaw and eat those left straights. Uh, he knows how to fight these guys. He has a good skill set. He just need to u- needs to utilize it better. So I think we, we can still see a lot of good good things in the future from Kevin Lee. He just needs to make some adjustments in training and how he fights.
1: Um, Yeah, Kevin Lee, he seemed really disheartened. When they, uh really seems discouraged with that loss, yeah, I was gonna
2: say I saw his tweet and I was like, I, I, I was kind of shitting on him a little bit just for fun, but like when I saw his tweet, it was like the shit really makes you question what you believe in. Like I, I mean, was like, he's having a little bit of an existential crisis. It sounds like, and that's a tough spot to be in.
1: Yeah, he's I, uh, he's got to you got to lean on your coaches, lean on your support system a little bit there because he's a very talented young fighter. He still has a lot of room to grow, and if he can manage the tank and you know he's got all the tools in the world, man, He's just got to be able to. <laughs> Handles his explosiveness a little bit better and maybe not burn out based on emotion a lot of times too, it seems like.
3: These these losses are the, probably the
1: toughest when you
3: have a really
1: good fight. It's just like the Rose fight. You're
3: fighting great. You had a great fight. You had a good game plan. There was just certain things you needed to tweak live in the fight that you didn't. And it's because there's not a lot to take back. It's not like the dude didn't train. It's like he didn't make weight. He did a lot of the preparation that he needed to do, and it just wasn't good enough. And that's probably the hardest roadblock a lot of these fighters face is when they train perfectly. They don't get caught with a punch. They don't make a stupid mistake and get caught with a submission. They have a good fight where they really perform, and the other guy just beats you. That's really disheartening. You have to take those small tweaks and really think like, okay, if I just make these small tweaks, this fight could have turned out a lot different. I need to kind of readjust. And it's tough when you have a good training camp and you're in shape. And you perform well, it's not like he had a freak injury he just got beat and those are the toughest losses and I think you know obviously after the fight uh, it's really sore um, and fresh. Give him some time I think hopefully his headspace will change and we can see him in there uh, as a better fighter but it, it's a lot these these tough these lost these types of losses are probably the m- most mentally damaging a fighter will have
1: uh, also on this card uh, we had um, Felicia Spencer. Showing us again that Megan Anderson's ground game leaves a lot to be desired. Putting her away with the rear naked choke. And then I guess she wants to fight cyborg and cyborg's like, yeah, man, I haven't fought anybody in like in a while. Sure. Uh, Vincente Luque dealt with a pretty short notice change. Um, and Derek Krantz punched him right in the face when the fight started. He recovered and took care of business there. Oliveira making a point to keep that fight standing. Marcus, uh, took care of Nick Lentz in what about seven minutes there?
3: Um, yeah, I, I only saw the highlight of yeah. this one. Um, he got him with a great knee and then finished him with punches. You know, I
2: actually this is the only other fight I went back and watched on the app. Um, his striking looks great. Uh, he he struck he his his punches were had his hand speed his precision. Um, they just look sharper than they ever have in his career. Um, I didn't even realize until they kept saying it like three times on the broadcast that um, I guess dude has the most submissions. In UFC history, yeah, I'm not like, shocked by that. But. You know, like there's a lot of I so you think of guys, but I guess he's really been finishing them, and this was his first standing one. Um, if he's putting it together, we kind of forget he came in super super young. He came in at like very Holloway esque, like kind of nineteen twenty. So it seems like he's been around for a while. He but um, been hot
3: too. I think his first win was a knockout too. And people are like, oh shit, we thought he was a submission dude, and he's got hands and feet and can do more tie. And yeah, we we just saw that that wrinkle again, right in this fight.
2: Yeah, Is just he's looking like he's in his mid 20s now. He's kind of looking like he's a future contender. He is um. I mean, it's Nick Lentz too, but the dude's a tough grinder. And to just actually finish him. And I think he's finished him all three times now, to be honest. Oh, uh, that's so right. These guys they really got to like really sh- gotta stop one feeding One of them was Nick like, question I remember there was
3: like a, a bad knee or
2: some shit. There was an illegal knee that led to a submission, so it was a no contest. Right. But dude was getting wrecked up to that point. So it's, you know, right. as great as Oliveira looked, they are also just kind of feeding him this guy over and over again.
0: He's also, lightweight. He's it's like, there's he a the guy players. that Jacare keeps
2: fighting.
3: Uh, Come uh, on. Yeah, it's yeah, so like you yeah. guys gotta stop fighting each yeah. other. We know how We, we know, we know that this book has been written. We've seen all the chapters. Let's let's go on to the next one.
1: Um and then Aspen Ladd uh beat Sajar Eubanks. Um three round fight, fight of the night. Uh Aspen Ladd, as I mentioned, Ben Folk's saying that she is the best MMA fighter to follow on Instagram. Well, besides Derek Lewis, of course. Because Aspen Lad's entire Instagram feed, because I started following her it's just her hiking with her two dogs she's got a big a siberian high ski and uh she got a german shepherd too she actually trains up somewhere in norcal too cool so That's yeah good. eight i think she's nine and oh now maybe i want to say let me see what that record She was undefeated when going into this fight nine and oh no eight and oh now right. eight and 0. There, sorry. i
0: gotta push back a bit how is that the second best follow on instagram Just someone hiking with their two dogs.
1: Because every other person is just training the whole time. All the other Mm -hmm. MMA fighters, man. Have you seen these dogs? You, you, Bobby you know Mike I've seen dogs before You knew where you thought you were leading with this Oh a woman account Oh it's going to yeah. be all titillating Because that's all Mike cares about Exactly Mark's, I'm exact. oh, There's going to yeah. be titties uh, uh, all over the place
0: No a, a lady just being scared so clad Doesn't make it a good Instagram account
1: either Well
3: I say you, heard heard you thought it was bad Michael. You know what so, I enjoy, so. enjoy
1: her Instagram account I will co-sign it. I'm not saying it's the best in the world But I think it's a, it's a nice thing to see because her you walking. your her audience
2: dogs. Bobby It's the first thought I had is like It's the opinion of a guy who lived in California but chose to live in Montana. Yeah, he's got his – that's his demographic. Hey, man, I'm saying
1: I enjoy it as well. That's what I'm saying. I'm enjoying it as well. Uh, Big win for her. She's still very young, 24 years old from Folsom. Uh, 8-0, man.
3: Yeah, I need to catch this fight. I forgot about this fight. I mean, she's
1: beating people you know too. You know, you beat Lena Landsberg. You beat Tanya Evinger. You beat Sajar Eubanks. None of those are easy fights. So, at 24 years old – beaten three title contenders, I guess. Didn't Lena fight for that fake belt at 45 maybe? Whatever. They fettered a Cyborg, at least two title contenders. Um anyway, um yeah, that's it. UFC's not going to be back. I, Mike, you were asking me earlier today about like does the UFC not run shows on Memorial Day? There's normally events on Memorial Day. They used to be a thing. It used to be one of those Vegas weekends for them. It was Memorial yeah, Day, um, um, Fourth of July, and uh, New Year's Eve. Those were the three Vegas cards.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's what I found surprising. Um, without even looking for, uh, ev- without even looking at MMA news to see if there was an event, mm. I was already setting myself up to write the uh, the predictions article. And when I went on MMA Junkie to see who was fighting, I noticed there were no fights. So that was when I, I reached out to you, like, wait a second, like.
1: Does the UFC not
0: have fights on Memorial Day anymore?
1: They fear AEW. It's simple as that. Um, No, yeah, there's nothing until next, the weekend after next, with the card in Sweden that looks exactly like a card in Sweden you imagine it would. A um, bunch of white people? Well, I was going to say Alex Gustafsson fighting in one fight that's relevant and then a bunch of other random shit. Um, the next real big one is on the 8th of June, two title fights, Henry Cejudo, Marlon Moraes for the vacant bantamweight title. And then Valentina Sevchenko is going to baptize Jessica I in the Flyweight Championship bat. About you, also got Tony Ferguson and Donald Cerrone on that one, so that's a big one that's coming up. Um, Mark Sage Northcott got punched in the face yes. real hard by a f- guy with eighty kickboxing fights. Um, and he broke his face. Yes,
3: he he smashed it up real good uh if you went on the mma sites uh yesterday or even today as you guys listen to this um I mean, you probably saw a nice x-ray uh picture of uh sage's skull all smashed up his him in a hospital bed with his face all bandaged up and then uriah faber went on i think it was mma hour today and said that he had 30 fractures in his skull and it was nine hours of surgery uh, but Sage is
1: he's still positive, go getting guy like he always is. Hey man, he got to fly all the way to Asia. Okay? Could be worse. He got on a he yeah. got on a trip. Okay.
3: Yeah, it was a twenty nine second, really
1: quick fight. And I guess it was, was that it says welterweight here, eighty four kilograms, but it was at eighty five. Well the welter with the C one FC does same day weigh in, so you pretty much welterweight to them means you pretty much show up at one eighty five right okay yeah you go everybody's up a weight class essentially.
3: and i guess like and i I was just hearing this about because of uriah's i don't i don't know how one fc does wanes or any of that stuff but i guess like they're not public so you don't really know whatever one fc
1: kind of just matters. says one fc just says stuff and it's half of it's not true like they said they have more viewers than every other they said they have some absurd number of viewers and everybody's like yeah that, that's not true they just yeah, say shit. In Asia and they so, just say uh, shit. Yeah, I just don't know how they how they run things over there. But what
3: I do know is that yeah, Sage went over there. And he, he got smashed in under 30 seconds. Um, The guy he was fighting, Cosmo Alexandre, uh, I mean, probably was like seven-time Muay Thai champion. He's 8-1 and one in MMA. Obviously, someone that, you know, if you had the scouting report on him, probably don't want to stand with this dude for too long. Sage wasn't trying to, I guess. He only was 30 seconds. But, yeah, he got cracked with an overhand right and, you know, basically knocked out face first um it was a pretty bad one i think at this point we can kind of look at you know the the trade that one fc did with ufc and some of those maybe aren't working out as maybe as well as they hoped or maybe they're working out just as everybody
1: like, got actually. beat up but ben askren managed to get a win after getting beat up well except, except <laughs> mighty mouse, right? he got a win mighty but, mouse got beat up too in that fight no honestly mighty mouse got beat up less than ben askren ben askren got beat up the third
3: worst beating, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think really at the end of the day, what you can kind of glean from all of this is that, and and we're as guilty of as anyone else. You know, you can think of these other organizations as second mid tier as much as you want, but the fucking dudes in any organization are probably skilled and there to fucking fight, and especially when you know we consider one fc to be a smaller promotion, but it's kind of like the UFC of Asia. And all these guys from Thailand and China that are just chomping at the bit to, to make a career out of this are fighting in this league. And you have to imagine when these dudes are getting getting the call to fight Eddie Alvarez and uh, Sage Norcutt and Mighty Mouse. This is their fucking opportunity of a lifetime. And I think for guys like Eddie Alvarez and Sage Norcutt, this is kind of a step down for them. And maybe they're not mentally getting as prepared. You know, I'm not trying to put anything out there. I don't know what the preparation was. I guess um Uriah did say preparation for Sage for this fight wasn't great. He didn't get a full camp and they didn't know about the weight cutting stuff. There were some injuries, not taking anything away from the fight. But we just we see this a lot. You know, we, we you like to think the UFC is just top brass and if, if you get the call up there, you're the best in the world and everyone in Bellator and one F C and Premier Fighting League are just Scrubs hoping to get the call and it's just not a professional fighters league professional fighters league i I always forget what they fucking call themselves now but i mean and it's easy for us to him and ha and we don't cover it because it's not the big guys but there's fucking killers there there's fucking killers everywhere you know you go to a king of the cage card you're probably going to see two three guys that are fucking legit and just need the opportunity to really showcase themselves um so yeah i I think that's really the big takeaway at least what i've taken away following the sport for so many years and these are just more prime examples of it they gotta they gotta talk to scott coker about how you book your
1: guys man i mean and then they're <laughs> that just feed dudes right i mean you yeah, could I mean, scott fight. coker would have got would have gotten rudy bears to fight all four all three of these guys oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean right out of the same recently night. we had that uh mountain dew contest
2: winner oh yeah, Jack oh, yeah. that I mean, was
1: yeah. that was that was exactly what happened there the guy literally jesus that was terrible um way to go uh but there's also other upsets. Shinya Aoki
3: lost in his uh Oh yeah. Like, um Christian right. uh
1: Christian Christian Lee. Christian Lee, the brother, the younger brother of Angela Lee. Oh uh, yeah, he's like 18. He's a young kid, man. These that family, yeah. Angela yeah, no. Lee, the um still holds one of the belts in one FC. She was going for a second one and lost, but Angela Lee's awesome too. They got some guys in one FC, man. Yeah. And I mean, and this wasn't just I mean, Shinya has
3: some big holes in his game. Primarily when it does when it comes to not grappling. Yeah. But Christian Lee had to fight out of some shit. He won this fight in the second round. He got taken down in the first and fucking pretty much got armbarred. That was a really fucking tight armbar from Shinya Christian Lee pulled it out and got the win. And there was other upsets here. Nikki Holtzkin, who is their lightweight kickboxing champion, lost a unanimous decision. He got dropped. Nikki they-
1: Holtzkin's in 1FC? Yeah, they have like a whole... When did they get with Nikki Holtzkin? When a Glory lose Nikki
3: Holtzkin? I don't that's the thing is like we used to be K1 was the shit and then it was glory and then glory went away and it's some other shit now and there's another kickboxing promotion and one FC has a lot of these guys because Giorgio Patrician who's also one of the best K1. They got
1: Giorgio Patrician too? God damn it. What about the promotions
3: man. So this card was just a lot of upsets across the board. Um, and Sage Norcutt finding a guy, you know, Cosmo was not on my radar at all and just got smoked. It's not like, I don't think any of us thought Sage was like, you know, top tier guy who was really going to run the the division or anything, but he was a, he was a great athlete who had a good skill set and he got trounced too. So just showing you, you know, one of C's got a lot of depth. It's just a lot of guys we're not familiar with. And I, I, you know what I want to see? more one FC guys we don't know going into bellator going into ufc and seeing how they mix in with the guys that we do know and have a measuring stick for i think that'd be really fun
1: you know i'd like to see fewer ufc events so i can go back to watching these random cards
3: i mean if we had fewer ufc events this one fc card might be on our radar right but yeah. we're so bludgeoned with this ufc this week and this week and this week we kind of forget there's all these other organizations that have fucking fantastic fights too so
1: exactly um all right. Wait, so yeah. Breaking
2: news on one of you. Wait, breaking news on one FC. You know who they're reporting is going to one FC right now? Who? Ooh. Sexy Yama.
3: Oh yeah,
1: Man, that's uh, right. He's
3: putting dusting him off and bringing him back on the. There. I'll see him it, lose to somebody. He's a little bellic- in a loss. Bellic-
0: I bellic- don't think you mean bellic- dusting him <laughs> off, Mark. I think you mean tanning him up.
3: Oh, that's true. We gotta that baby up and throw him in the bed for a couple hours. Um. Yeah, that. Oof. That's a tanning bed too. It wasn't like a sexual indoor window stuff. I um, to do with Oyama.
1: So yeah, um, gonna get into Game of Thrones here because I think that was it. Fighter fights wise, uh, Mark has plenty of time to refute to come up with an argument. But he has about a month to come up with an argument why my strategy for Paul for Artem Lobov to immediately kick Paulie Malignaggi in the head in their bare knuckle boxing match is flawed. I think it needs to be done. Just saying.
3: I mean, well, you know what happens? He's going to throw a shitty kick, and the, he's not going to land. And the referee's going to be like, what? Disqualification. This fight's over. Now you really wasted your fucking You re- You
1: really think they're, they're playing that strictly with the rules of the bare-knuckle boxing thing? I mean, yeah, I'm just I think so, in a bare-knuckle boxing fight, if you throw a kick, the referee's going to be like, yeah, dude. You know <laughs> what? You got to throw a couple kicks. I'm just saying. You got to protect himself. Um, before we get into Game of Thrones, I mentioned that that Owen Hart thing, that audio documentary from Post Wrestling. Um, was going to be out, um, and, uh, it actually came out, uh, today. You can find it on YouTube, um, I actually haven't, it actually just dropped. Um, I haven't got a chance to watch it yet, um, it's called Owen Hart's Final Day by Post Wrestling. Uh, it's about, uh, 48 minutes long, so I pretty much just, I guess I'm going to be crying after I'm done recording this podcast, because that's going to be what I'm, uh, what I'm going to listen to, but, yeah, I think it's the actually, um, I'm trying to see if today is the actual anniversary uh, of his passing. Uh, May tw- May 23rd. So, what did that Close. give us? That's what, Thursday? Three days. Yeah, 30- Thursday becomes 20 years. Still fucking surreal. It's been that long. Anyway, Game of Thrones. Um, I was going to say, as a hardened Dexter fan, I feel... That's the measuring stick of misery when it comes to bad series finales. Lost. Spoiler alert to anybody who watched Dexter. Did anybody go become a fucking lumberjack for for no reason in that one? <laughs> uh, No. Okay. Now, just saying. I didn't watch Lost. Maybe it was just as bad. For me, Dexter's my measuring stick of misery. How I Met Your Mother was pretty bad, too. Um, Game of Thrones is more in the How I Met Your Mother level of bad. I think, um, at least for I me I though. Good, good. I mean, then again, it, then again, it's just it's all personal preference, and it didn't. That show wasn't as important to me as it was for a lot of the other guys. But I remember just watching it last night halfway through, thinking, "This is like a fever dream because this can't possibly be like this was what they made. Like this is like the like deleted scenes that they just cut out because it was too like long. <laughs> like what are we doing here?" Um... When Jon Snow and fucking uh, Tyrion were just talking to each other for 10 minutes, I'm like, I don't have time for this, man. What do we. (laughs) Let's get going with this fucking episode. Um, Yeah, I didn't like it. I thought it was. I thought they managed to make a lot of things I watched ultimately pointless, which, you know, that's just, you know, the Three Eyed Raven stuff. What was the point of that? If he didn't get to use that, what was the point of anything Arya did after killing the Night King. Anyway, um, Stefan, I'm gonna let you go Go lead into this more, because I know you're a super fan, and Mike is too, so, go ahead. Um, first, I'm gonna
2: defend, like, oh, I wouldn't put that in any means with uh, How I Met Your Mother, because How I Met Your Mother is the worst ending to a sitcom in the history of sitcoms. Um, that is how I feel about that show. Um, I don't like the ending, but I fully could have seen this ending. I, I could have foreseen this. This was a scenario that was on the table to me, Um Like I I understood it, but me not liking the ending has nothing to do with episode six. It has to do with episodes two through six. It's it's what I've said. It's it's not what they've decided to do. It's not what happens that annoys me, and I think annoys a lot of the super fan base. It's how we got here, and how we got here really doesn't make sense. The connect foreshadowing is not plot development. I know I keep people throwing up, but they foreshadowed, but they. Foreshadowed. That's not plot development. Foreshadowing doesn't is not a character arc. It's it's a it's a tit hint on where we're supposed to go, but the rest of the story is still supposed to tell you how we got there. Um, and th- that's really what's wrong with this. The only thing that made me angry in this episode is when Bran suddenly makes a smug ass smirk and says, "What? Why do you think I came all this way down for?" And I'm like, the kid who doesn't feel anything, who wants nothing, who lives in the past, not the present or the future, suddenly has a snarky quip about, of course I'm here to be king. Like, that was stupid. That was just stupid. It's it's not cheeky. It's just stupid.
0: He um, hadn't displayed any emotions since he had become the three-eyed raven. But now he's Seinfeld.
2: He smirks three times in, like, the final ten minutes of this whole thing, and I'm like, the fuck is happening right now? And that's where, Bobby, your thing about being in a fever dream is just, like, am I delirious? Am I seeing things play out the way they're playing out? Like, that there would be no king, that they would go to a democratic representative, like, representative like democracy or whatever? Like, these were scenarios that were on the table, but it's, like, how they executed it? Shitty. It sucks, like, and it it sucks because the actors are great. They are acting their asses off. The characters are great. Like, as much as I hate things, like, Amelia Clark had a tremendous season. You know, like, she emotes well. Like, I think it kind of sucks that she hasn't really been able to take off in her career in other regards. Kind of the other projects she's worked on haven't really panned out. You know, it was cool when she got to be a part of Star Wars, but that's when Star Wars suddenly took this unexpected, like, dive in, like, you know, public opinion and, like, i I think she's great i think she's tremendous i I love a lot of the characters um you know mike i'm sure you got your complaints but i'm gonna spiral into this rant is as much as i hated things and this is why i'm not necessarily mad this is why i said i'm in acceptance um as much as i didn't like this conclusion we came to i fucking loved the journey um i absolutely loved the journey and that's really what most things are at the end of the day um there's How many adages are there about it? It's it's not about the destination, right? Um, the destination will rarely be what we want it to be, but fuck, I loved the journey. That's why the destination's painful, though, right? Is because I did feel invested. Like Bobby, a lot of things, like what was the point of so many things if this is where we're going? Um, John's lineage, which is the crux of the story, doesn't mean anything. The story goes that the only reason Martin gave his blessing was because he asked Benioff and Weiss the simple question, who are John's parents? And if you know that, then you're paying attention to the story. But to come to a conclusion where that does not functionally matter in any kind of way, that's a hard pill to swallow. It's the failures of The Last Jedi. It's not good enough to have a twist where you just throw everything out. If the twist is that, oh, everything you've been paying attention to doesn't matter, that's not a good twist. That is terrible writing.
0: That that makes it a big middle finger to all the time you spent watching the show and investing in it. Because if you're building it up that this matters and then at the end you just say, this doesn't matter. Yeah, that's not a good twist. That's a big F you. Mark hasn't
2: been watching it, but I think what I we had a little exchange when we were just talking about it today is you know I said the show had a lot of highs, there were really great action pieces, there were great visuals, there were still really good character moments in between, particularly episode two. Um, but I said at its lowest lows, the season made me feel dumb. It made me feel dumb for being a fan of this series, um, and that's
1: a really terrible thing for something that you love to make you feel. This is neither here nor there, but the part where Sam invented democracy. And then got mocked for it felt like an SNL sketch. Yeah, yeah that, it's
0: like That was pretty funny. It's the humor's
2: weird sometimes. And, and apparently well, they left a plastic water bottle in that scene because well, quality can't control be, is out the window you now. You
0: can't be mad that the high lords of Westeros
1: aren't really keen on giving up their power. Can't be mad at that. No, but that was just like that was I mean, that was just a ha-ha for no reason. It is. I like the uh, -the over-the-top type comments, though. Where they're like, I guess
2: I'll give my horse a vote next.
1: That was... And, yeah, I did like when Sansa told her uncle to sit down. That was funny. Yeah, that was great. That might have been the only part I really, truly enjoyed. Also, I say this... I'm not trying to be funny when I say this. But when the fucking dragon was looking at Jon Snow, I thought... Because I honestly thought Jon Snow was imagining, like, this whole scenario. Because it was fucking weird. You, you um, thought this was like an episode of Dallas? I thought I thought the dragon was gonna fucking talk. Swear to God, I thought the <laughs> hey, dragon was gonna talk.
0: Bitch. You killed my brother.
1: Um, I really thought the dragon was gonna say like, "I run shit now." Effectively, I said I said Bobby this
2: meme earlier, and it was uh basically that Drogon's point of view was that the chair killed his mom, uh. and that's why he was so angry. It's like, oh, what? he got stabbed by towards the
0: chair. To, to continue with your, the dragon's going to talk, Bobby uh, Botif. It would have been great. This would have been a great twist. If the dragon starts talking and it's Sean Connery's voice, boom, Dragonheart is in the same universe. He is
2: the last dragon.
1: I mean, yeah, that was also Arya just is a, is a Christopher Columbus Yo. now.
0: Uh, Speaking about things that didn't matter at all, um, John being a Targaryen, uh, basically the whole season, the fact that Bran has superpowers didn't really matter at all, even against the Night King. And one thing that was pointed out in a post I read today, Arya did not use her face power once,
1: all season. I thought she was going to be the goddamn dragon. Or I thought no, not the dragon. I thought um, I thought Brand fucking what's it called? That what's face changing
2: has really come a long no, way.
1: what's it called <laughs> when Brand does his shit? Like worgs. War- I thought he was the dragon for a moment after the dragon. And then I was just like, maybe he Brand's gonna talk I through think the, the a dragon. A
2: lot of us thought that would be Brand's big moment was to warg into a dragon. Um. Yeah, that didn't come into play. Oh, how
0: about how about at the very end when he's king, he says, hey, where's the dragon? And they're like, oh, we don't know, somewhere east. And then they leave the effing series on Brand saying, well, let me go check.
1: Yo, how does they write a book? Can you get some closer on that? So they write the song, was it a song of, a song ice-, of ice and uh- fire? And they said God, even the
2: way they handled that was so
1: like. How do you not mention the motherfucker who went on trial for killing the king, and then he killed the hand of the king? What the fuck? Those are footnotes oh. in history. <laughs>
3: it's just yeah. So they, they, I mean, I'm catching up, right? So they actually. At some point, they're so like, we need to write a new song. It's called The Song of Fire and Ice. It's like they, there's like
2: um, the maester is like documenting like all these wars and this whole period okay. of time, and they call it The Song of Ice and Fire. A lot of people, that was a big theory. A lot of people thought Sam would be the one who writes this, the very Lord of the Rings ending when that Sam also wrote the story of the Hobbit and all those was, things. Was
3: there any scenes in this episode where they're like around a fire and they're like, you know what, let's play a game together. And they pull out a Game of Thrones board they game
2: board and around the game. fire.
3: But they did have a
2: motherfucking Survivor TV show, Tribal Council. Oh, goddamn! And uh, that was just an awful scene all around. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but that was the whole setup. It was a goddamn... um tribal cancel and they let the guy who was a prisoner for a month in shackles make the call the well it's guy, also- Tyrion Lannister right. who is a prisoner and in shackles is like yeah he has an idea let's do what he does he he says we should do this we should vote. why
0: why was Tyrion even in jail um was that just because the Unsullied did it because what did Tyrion do besides just quit
2: I treason? Mean- he let his brother go
0: the brother who, the only one who was saying was treason is the dead queen, but everyone else there knows
1: that motherfucker fought well, well, the door. Did John admit to the crime? Because the dragon took the evidence.
0: No, 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 It's Jon Snow. He's Ned Stark's son. He's dumb enough to when they came out, he's like, yep, I killed her.
1: Oh, I mean,
2: the thing about Jon Snow, if we're going to talk specifically about him, is a uh, Binge Mode crew on their podcast, they brought up a point which I realized as they said it, and it's actually just really disappointing about the character of Jon Snow, at no point in the series, besides joining the uh, Night's Watch in the first place, does he make a conscious decision. He's talked to and goaded into every major action he does, and it's like, that's a weird arc to have. Like He, he never actually accepts the call. He's the reluctant hero who forever stays reluctant, but the story of every reluctant hero is when they eventually do answer the call. But even in his times when he should have, he's still reluctant. And he stays reluctant to the end. He's un- Even his- the ending they give him, he's like, oh, I have to go to the wall. It's not my choice. I just have to do this. Okay. like, And that's just his whole existence. They really just... No
1: I like how they is... just, they just like, lied to Grey Worm? Time. We're gonna send Every him to the...
0: No- yeah! How, how about the whole reason why Jod is being sent to the wall is oh, the Unsullied are staying here uh, and they may, uh, you know torch the city because we don't want another war. And then John hasn't even left King's Landing yet. And the fucking Unsullied are leaving. They're going, they're going, I don't know, to go see, uh, Missandei's, you know, cousins and yeah, shit. Yeah, if, the, if they're, they're just not.
2: going to North, why do we have to punish Jon Snow at
0: all? Who gives a shit?
1: <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, there was...
0: They could have just pants mine, like
1: Jon Snow laying so...
0: on a boat, like... dude. I
1: mean, to so Bran, Bran runs six kingdoms, Sansa runs the north, and then Jon Snow basically runs north of the north? Um, like, <laughs> how, about, how about all the other, you know,
0: just feckless and ballless other lords that Sansa right in front of them is like, nah, homie, I got my own kingdom. And the rest of them are just like, okay, I guess we'll be the six kingdoms. None of them say, no, but hold up, hold up. If this chick is just going to be her own independent kingdom, I want
1: to be my own kingdom. Too. Well, what was the show also where, like, the North won't kneel to anybody? I'm like, they won't kneel to a Stark? Like, you picked a Stark. That seems like a person they'll kneel to. I'm just putting it out there. Um, and,
0: uh, Another thing they didn't really touch on. Um, So what are the term limits for these kings? Are you just king? Like, so is Bran just going to be king for, like, the next 80 years he's alive?
2: You're still I mean, king for life. You just don't have automatic heirs.
0: That's yeah, the only thing. That seems sh- like a big flaw in this new election system. I'm baby just
2: wanna- steps, Mike. Baby steps. You don't go to hierarchy to four-year terms just like that.
1: Well, I mean, also, there was that part nice, where I felt uh, I have my new power rankings of my favorite characters on this show have been updated. Um, number one is still Podrick. Number two, Tormund has been unseated. By Sir Davos. Okay? Because Sir Davos spoke for the audience when they were doing the tribal council. He said, well, I don't know if I get a vote, but I vote I." And I'm like, I don't know why anybody gets a vote, Sir Davos. Brianne's talking. Fucking the one uh, cousin who was uh, all about the titty milk and grew half a foot. Yo,
0: okay. how about that glow up for <laughs> yeah, Robert Aaron? Yeah, that guy. He's
1: got a vote. The uncle, they told him the shit that's fucked down, got a vote. Sam's got a vote. Braun Braun isn't there, but apparently he runs cash what? now. Like what Why? Technically Why Braun would have Sam Bobby, the vote? connection is each one of them
2: are the main houses of the respective kingdoms.
1: What's Brienne?
2: Brienne is not. Brienne She I voted think- right after Sir Davos. <laughs> OK, right uh, after. <laughs> mostly shout outs to the Prince of Dorne, who's just some guy who's there, who's not established. When last we left Dorne, all the women called the men and killed all the dudes and were like, there will never be like a male leader here again. And uh, nah, Prince of Dorne's here.
0: We're good. Yeah, you know, you know who's making a strong push to be in my top five? Uh, and I'm going to just say it collectively as a people, the people of the veil. Because they suffered the least amount throughout all of these seasons. They right? Switzerland
2: the fuck out of this. Um, they they were the what, neutral
0: party. Say what you will about Lysa Aaron, you know, breastfeeding her child. And so that kid was like nine, ten years old. She was the wisest, albeit probably one of the crazier, rulers of them all. She kept them out of the conflict for the longest amount of time. Knights of the Vale were just there, you know, like eat, eating well, not getting killed and shit. They didn't enter a war up until the Battle of the Bastards. And that was more a rout than anything. They probably barely lost anybody. Yo, they should be kings.
1: Well, well put, Mike. Um, and Rob- Robin's a handsome man now. Grew big and strong from that titty milk. Uh, do you guys got anything else? So I want to actually, you know, we can talk about other stuff. But if anybody uh, else, you want to say, I, I
0: just have one more thing. Um, I wasn't that disappointed in the episode, mainly because for the last few weeks I have been preparing myself to be extremely disappointed by this episode. Anytime anybody talks to me about Game of Thrones, uh, and they were like, "Oh, so what do you uh, what do you think the, the series finale is gonna be like?" And I would just tell them, not good. That's what it's going to be. Um, it's not going to really be fulfilling. Um, whatever you think is going to happen, they're probably just going to do a stupid twist. And yeah, that's what happened. Um, and also just the fact that, uh, as a lot of people have talked about, six, six episodes was not enough time. Everything in this season at the same time, went too slow and was rushed at the same time.
1: Stefan, final words?
2: I mean, I said it in my spiel. Is like Whatever this season ended, I fucking love the journey of this. Um, I still love the series. They got. Uh, I sent you in October, they're doing the whole uh, music of concert, it's coming through the bay again. I missed it last time. Um, and yeah, the Night team theme was fucking amazing. As much as I complain about the show, you know what I've never complained about? The music. Ramjin, Dwadi, like, fucking expert composer. This is an all-time soundtrack, um, and I really want to go to that show.
1: Yeah, um, let's check that out. All right, um, let's do stuff we like, um, as I hope the guys are looking at the thing I just sent him, which Brock Lesnar went on TV today with a briefcase and treated it like a boombox, and I've been laughing at this quietly for the past few minutes. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I hope you're looking at this, Mike. Um, Marcus, let's do stuff we like. I'm going to go to you because you've patiently listened to us complain about a TV show for 20 minutes. But what do you got, man? Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, not a ton this week, unfortunately. There's a couple games coming out that look pretty cool, even then, it's kind of a light week. Um, On consoles... Um, and on PC uh, dauntless is finally coming out of early access. This is a free to play game. That's basically kind of an independent studios take on the Monster Hunter kind of franchise. Um, looks really cool. I'm really interested to try it out. It kind of has an art aesthetic kind of like' uh, it's simplistic like overcooked and kind of a little bit like fortnite cartoony. looks cool. Um, and then on PlayStation VR, everybody's golf. Uh, previously known as Hot Shots Golf, is getting a VR version. That seems kind of cool. Um, and other than that, last week I mentioned Rage 2 came out, uh, and I put a little bit of time into it. Uh, it got kind of middling scores, and I kind of said, like, well, it doesn't mean it's bad. It just um, definitely has some issues with it. I could say I think a low 70s probably pretty... Accurate, if not maybe even overstating a little bit. Um, I've been having fun with the shooting mechanics. I've been really cool. The weapons are very much in the realm of id Software, who makes Doom and Wolfenstein. The movement and shooting is, like, top fucking notch. It's everything around it that is very lackluster, including story, character, transversing the environment, side missions. The overall length of the game is supposed to be pretty short as well, if that's, you know, a factor. I actually think that's kind of a, a plus in my book. Um, but yeah, it's been a little lackluster, but they're still fun to be had in it. I really enjoy the shooting and, uh, yeah, just the first person Twitch action has been really fun. But that's
1: kind of it for me this week. Kind of like, um, do you guys want to talk about anything or you talk about the wrestling? I saw Detective Pikachu. I liked it. Did you it. like it? You liked, I liked it? it? I liked it. I liked it. Just a I good time?
2: You know, not good, not great time. A very cute movie. Very cute movie. And I said the most important thing is it doesn't, uh, shit on your nostalgia for it. It actually, you know, it, it speaks to it as opposed to usually that's where video game movies go wrong, right? Is like they're like, what the fuck is that? That has nothing to do with the thing that I liked when as, as a kid. Um, this is very much if you're a fan of Pokemon, it is Easter eggs, references, and all that out the wazoo. So um, yeah, if Pokemon meant anything to you growing up? You'll enjoy this movie, Mike. You got anything this
0: week? Uh, yeah. Um, John Motherfucking Wick. If you guys haven't seen it, watch the first movie, then watch the second movie, and then go to your local cineplex and finish it off by watching John Wick three. It was a thrill ride like you will never see until John Wick four.
1: Keanu's like fifty something, and he's still. It don't matter.
0: He's aging like fine wine. The first action scene in that movie, it is tremendous. Mm -hmm. I love that movie. I'm gonna go watch it again.
3: I mean, Keanu yeah, yeah, I was gonna say probably talking about the same thing stuff. Him on uh, Colbert when he asked him that really hard hitting question that like no one has the answer to, and being like, <laughs> "What happens to us when we die?" It was yeah. like Keanu Reeves. What do you think happens to us when we die? And he like takes a half second beat and he's like, "All I know is the ones that loved us will miss us," and it's just like the most like honest. <laughs> best- <laughs> and this reminds me. I mean, if you're not prevy to like the keanu reeves like memes and stuff about like basically how he's just like the best most humblest honest person in the world and is just super genuine and you know just a super nice guy and super cool just like i think oh, he's
1: abs- he's donated an absurd amount of money and doesn't like pro- uh, publicize that at all yeah i mean like, he, he, he has doing- res- they made him like, gave him, like 80 million dollars for those two terrible matrix sequels like keanu has more money than he needs, and he the just... dude's on the fucking
3: subway giving his seat up to young ladies standing. Yeah. It's just like this dude is just like no one should be that good and infallible, you know. But you got, I gotta hope nothing, no dirt comes out on Keanu. Couldn't
2: take. I it. saw, yeah, I saw what you are talking about, Mark, and that that was hilarious. I gotta laugh at it. I was, uh, was mention something else. I saw him um, in I'm like Keanu's hot right now, obviously with this uh, John Wick series. But um, there was a trailer I saw for a Netflix movie coming out uh, starring comedian Ali Wong and Randall Park. Um, that's the dad in Fresh Off the Boat. Um mm-hmm. and he also has a dude who low key has a role in the Ant-Man movies and the Aquaman movie. So this dude is in both the DC and Marvel cinematic universes. But it's kind of like a rom com. It's called um always be my maybe. And right. it's like about how like they uh, hooked up when they were young, kind of met later in life, and it's kind of the how like you know you can kind of see that like, oh, he kind of still holds a flame for her, um, but like they're just kind of friends. And then she there's a scene right at the end where she's like, Oh, I'm seeing a new guy and we have like crazy freaky ass sex and then who comes walking to the door is Keanu Reeves and like every comment is like, Oh, sorry, Randall. Yeah, you don't got a shot. It's like it's those, like it's like very polite. Yeah, like we get it. Yeah, Keanu's got the number on all of us. You can't even you know, like all you can say is good effort guy. All you can say, but um Keanu's hot,
1: lovable dude, um, got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things to check him out in. Um Alright, so um this is the part of the show where we talk about the wrestling. Um, AEW, all elite wrestlings, double or nothing pay per view this Saturday, where Stefan and I, as I mentioned, have the shittiest seats one could basically have. And it's okay. We'll have a good time anyway. Um, so why I keep talking about this and why this is worth us flying to a different city for, quite frankly, is that, um, to give you a quick summary, Vince McMahon has essentially had a monopoly on the, professional wrestling business since march 2001 i say march 2001 because in january 2001 uh east extreme championship wrestling went under which let's say they had five percent of the market um probably more than that to be honest and then uh world championship wrestling was purchased by vince mcmahon at, in march of 2001 which was the major competitor for his for in the wrestling business for it existed for maybe 30 years, but for the last five years, it was a serious, serious threat to Vince McMahon's empire. Since that time, um, what has and hasn't happened in wrestling has pretty much been at the whim of this now 75-year-old man. Um, and what's come up in that time has been a pretty vibrant independent wrestling scene, which has just been a little different than with a product Vince puts on TV. Vince being more of a PG kind of guy. The independent wrestling scene has not been, I wouldn't say rated R or anything like that, but it's really catering to 18 to 34-year-old males. Um, A market that Vince thought he could just give up on due to a combination of the UFC, quite frankly, and his wife's political aspirations. So the fact that, honestly, Steph, the fact that the way AEW came to be is kind of like a confluence of events that's kind of ridiculous, where you got Cody Rhodes, the son of Dusty Rhodes, playing this horrible gimmick on TV, and they won't let him out of doing it. So he says he wants out of his contract, and he he leaves. Then you got the Young Bucks, who just make a YouTube show, and become the most popular independent wrestlers in the world, and Ring of Honor and New Japan wouldn't pay them enough for them to stay. And you got Kenny Omega, who just, through sheer will, became the best wrestler in the world while being a Canadian wrestling in Japan. And then on top of all that, you got Tony Khan, a guy who essentially, the best description I could give for him is that if someone like me or Stefan or Mark, who was a childhood wrestling fan, was also a billionaire and decided to start his own promotion. Because that's who he is. And now they got a television deal with Turner Network Television, with TNT. And that is big. If nothing else, the wrestlers get a Bellator, is what my impression of this is. Somewhere else where you can make a living and be on a national cable platform. And this weekend is their first foray. This -hmm. is not really the beginning of the television program. The television program doesn't start until October, I believe, or September. But this is their first event. It's going to be on pay-per-view this Saturday, yeah.
3: Question. Mm. If this is going to be their Bellator, what is TNA
1: right now? (laughs) TNA, honestly, the fact that it still exists is incredible. It's a King of the Cage? No, King of the TNA TNA Man is hanging on. uh, they're the um what is it called the pro fight league now the one where we're not even sure if its name we're not sure if I think, no they're, on I think they're on Twitch I think they're on Twitch I think they're on Twitch to be honest um anyway um so this is their first event and they are enough of a threat that Vince has just started throwing money at his people for them not to leave and you've seen a real a, a, a lot of chirping from his talent about being dissatisfied because now they have another place they can work and make a living um, so and, and honestly,
0: independent contractors,
1: as we know, and these ones actually, quite frankly, a lot of them are going to be independent contractors, which kind of already fucked up a match. Um, so let's talk about this card and, um, Steph, I'm just going to start naming matches guys. Anything that brings of any interest to you guys, a Mar- mark, a, a mark and Mike, I threw you guys a little, this guy, um, I should give some props to this guy, Harry dot com. Wrote a hell of a, um, just a hell of a preview, to be honest, giving all the major points about what's happening here. Um, They got a pre-show, like any good wrestling show does, with, they got a big battle royale. Um, Steph, is anybody in here that you're really excited to see? I mean, I'm, I like me some Joey Janela, some weird shit's gonna happen there, and uh, I mean, I know who you wanna see. There's, I mean, there's one. Bobby. I'm. I'm. Uh, so
2: you know, when Mark speaks about this, he'll mention he's a pretty casual wrestling fan. I'm like in a level in between him and you. Um yeah. This is a top, very top heavy for event for me. This is me just wanting to do something. It seems fun. It's not. I'm giving you an opportunity to talk
1: about Michael Nakazawa. Is what it's the
2: I first show. Fed but I'm just I'm building up to it there's, there's two guys I'm interested in I'm building up to it you know it's a, it's it's whatever we're seeing Bobby whether this turns into something or it or goes out in flames <laughs> and it was a nice fun experiment. It's history. It's the first of something so yeah. it's cool to attend it you know you, you just say you were there it's a something to look back on one of these days but um yeah the two characters I'm interested in is Michael Nakazawa who is uh just a fucking meme he he was a <laughs> meme and I loved it. It was being the elite the whole setup was, Mark, you'll know these names, is, like, Kenny's in a restaurant speaking Japanese to some dude, and they're talking about their great run as a tag team, talking about their great matches against each other. And basically, you're just led to believe it's uh, Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi, Mm -hmm. who also, you know, did some run with uh, NXT and everything. Golden Lover. Truly, yeah, one of the most talented, like, wrestlers I've ever seen. They had the Golden Lovers arc, which they were calling, you know, like, one of the first, like, openly, like, gay, like, you know, kayfabe storylines, even though we all remember it was uh, Stasiak and uh, who's the other guy, Bob? Wait, what? The
1: oh, one? Chuck and Billy?
3: Yeah. Oh, there, Chuck and Bailey. Yeah. 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 The, the, that's if you ask me, any tag team. He's always got a question.
1: <laughs> it goes those way ro- back. Those uh, Road Warriors with those spikes gave Mark a lot of questions when we were kids. Well, it's true. You
2: had the Demolition with their S and M gear. You, there was some stuff going on. I mean, look—you're
3: uh, with anyone in close proximity for that amount of time, you're gonna get feelings for. It. I mean, me and Bobby—we got a special thing going on right now. Yeah, we're not on know, the road twenty-four-seven. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you just know, it's just—exactly.
1: Um, the whole me—there's was- tension. <laughs>
2: basically the meme was just that like oh no it's just this guy and it's michael nakazawa and it's like if you're wondering who is michael nakazawa yes that's the whole point of this gimmick who the fuck is michael nakazawa he's not anybody and it's just the uh one of the young bucks just really freaking out and becoming obsessed with who the fuck yeah. is this friend of kenny's that he's inviting to be in our show that's, um, yeah that's a
1: fun angle though I, I they also have the thing where kenny spent all their money on the uh on a, on a festival He's calling. Was he calling it the uh, Fire
3: festival, right?
1: The, yeah, he's calling it the fighter festival or something. Okay. Where he wasted all the money on an island wrestling event. Um, I'm excited. Hey, well, to- real quick, because uh, the other name I just want to say I was excited for because
2: Mark will know this guy, and it's it's the limit of who Mark knows on this. But motherfucking, they dusted off Glacier. Glacier oh, is gonna no. be yeah. there. Yes. Is he gonna come out in his full Sub-Zero? Oh, like, I hope so. Smoke ice like thing. I hope I so. Want the, I want
1: the temperature of the arena to drop 10 degrees when Glacier comes out. Dude, I want. I want. Yeah, I want some fucking. Yeah, just get some the ice in there, a little dry ice. I'm in for that. I, so I feel can like someone I'm...
0: tell me where uh, Glacier's from?
1: Glacier was a crappy gimmick in WCW when we were children, which I'm almost 100% sure the reason he's on this show is that Cody Rhodes was at those shows as a child and Glacier was nice to him. His gimmick I think that's is why he's Mortal a...
2: Kombat 3 Sub-Zero. Yeah, he's a Sub-Zero.
1: That 100% his gimmick.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, he's just... They and this is stuff.
3: where it, it flies too close to me, and I become like the jaded fan, where it's like, no, 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 Glacier's my fucking thing. Like, I was that dumb kid like Cody Rose. Like, this dude's like Sub-Zero. He's doing karate kicks. <laughs> obviously, I was a, a pro wrestling fan that really just loved combat sports,
1: and these guys were punching each other. I remember other, uh, yeah. they had a... Uh, what's his name? Was Mortis. Canyon was Mortis. But as a child, I thought, well, he's green. Is that supposed to be a reptile? Like, cause he mm. came out with Glacier. I'm like, is that reptile? That's not what we're doing <laughs> so, yeah. here. Yeah,
3: <laughs> and then when they, when when you guys told me like, oh, they're they're reeling out Glacier. I was like, no, 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 no. He's supposed to stay in the past where I remember him as a sweet young child doing karate kicks. I love so much.
1: Um, he also got uh Brian Pillman Jr. in there, and I've seen flying Fly Brian Jr. fight uh, fight wrestle a couple times. He's so much like his dad it freaks me out. And then um the son of uh, Luke Perry. Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, is going to be in that uh, in that uh, Battle Royal also. Um, I'm honestly, I was really excited for Adam Page versus Pac. It was a whole mess. Long story short, that match is not happening. Um, I'm pretty excited for the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. I think that'll be a good time. Stefan, they found a way to get me excited for Cody Rhodes versus uh, Goldust
2: um not going by gold dust i believe he's just Dustin. Doing a, he's just dusting going with that red and black makeup so looking like gold dust with a you know the player two color swap um yeah um honestly match wise i'm not interested i've seen gold dust r- wrestling matches he, he yeah, he's yeah,
1: gonna do he's gonna he's drop you down hit you with a slap he's gonna do a power slam and a bulldog he, That's the he, match.
2: he, he puts you in the corner and he lifts both your legs he does the running nut kick you know like yeah I, I've seen Goldust. He's been going a while. But I will say, and I recommended it to uh, Mark, It th- there's basically two video promos that came out of the build-up to this that were just, quite frankly, excellent. Uh, the first one came by Dustin Rhodes, talking about you know his journey of being Goldust and all that, to his whole deal with his brother, and that was great. But truly, um, it was the follow-up that uh, his younger brother Cody did. Um, that's the best wrestling promo since uh, CM Punk's like, Pipe Bomb. It's just very well done. You know, if you don't like pro wrestling, it's not going to change your mind. I My disclaimer to this always: is, it's not going to make a fan out of you if you don't care. But if you've had an appreciation for it, you'll understand why it's a good promo and the notes he hits. Um, You know, so yeah. it's exciting in that regard.
1: You know what it is with wrestling? And I I, I, I want to say the I'm not sure I'm using this is the right word for it exactly. But I think you either get it or you don't. And when I say I don't, I'm not using the right word, I don't mean like it's like understanding as much as like either it hits you in the right spot or you it do- doesn't, you know, you either appreciate it or you don't. There's no middle, like, even if you stop becoming, stop being a wrestling fan, you could still be like, like, I can come back to it 10 years later and be like, yeah, man, I get it. Like, I remember why I like this. Like, this is, there's parts of this, I think. And then some people just don't. It's weird. I don't know. It's some, for some people it is or isn't that, um, I remain in awe of Chris Jericho being as old as he is and just being a different character every two years. So there's this, there's that. I think it's going to be another good match with him and Kenny.
2: But, yeah. See, this is the match I'm looking forward to. Because Kenny is the one guy who really sold me on this. Uh Um, Like, I think when New Japan rolled around, I hadn't really watched enough of his matches to care that much. But I started to watch him more and more. And, like, his affinity for the nerd thing. You said he's getting a new theme song. And that kind of bummed me out. Because his theme song is essentially a derivative of uh, Sephiroth's theme from Final Fantasy. And I'm like, that's part of why I like this guy. This guy is such a video game homage. All the names of his moves and everything. So I just really, and then he is a tremendous performer. Just, you know, in terms of this, you know, what he can pull off, the storytelling he does in those matches, it's fantastic. Um, but the one thing that bums me out, you kind of set it up right, Bobby. The, the way the storyline is going, he's set to lose this one.
1: I want to see a goddamn Kenny win. I don't want to see a Chris well, Jericho I, win. I think if, I think Kenny, ha- then again, I don't, I mean, I think there's if he loses, it has to be like I think we're gonna see some shit, man. I think we're gonna get Moxley. I'm I'm I think Moxley. I think CM Punk is commentating an MMA event on the other side of the country, so I'm kind of losing hope on CM Punk. Uh, John Moxley lives, and that's Dean Ambrose for people who watched a little WWE. He lives in Vegas for the love of God. Get him to drive in. Just sh- show up, hit somebody not named Jericho because he wrestled Jericho already. Any of the other people. Okay, literally, he gets. That's the one, uh, that's the first angle they give him is the WWE guy? Yeah, it, honestly, it's like Kevin Lee moving up to welterweight to fight Rafael Dosadios. I'm like, why? Why? What are we doing? Why? Give him a big guy. Go give him a lightweight. I want to see, I want to see Moxley fight Jimmy Havoc. And I say fight in this regard because there's going to be no wrestling in that one. <laughs> it's just going to be a chair shots. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I just, uh, you said it well. I mean, honestly, I don't know, I haven't seen, Two thirds of these people ever wrestle, but I'm excited because it's just the first. You're right; it's the first time. It's the first event, we just had to get in the building. That's what drew, uh, drew our other person going with us said. I just want to be in the building, man. I don't really give a shit. So, um, is there any chance we get Vegas lines on this? I don't know, but I'm just <laughs> Do they happy. Have crazy Se- bets too. I'm just hoping. Me, we- I just like that sexy Chucky e. T is on the card because I like saying sexy Chucky e. T. It is my, one of my favorite nicknames in pro wrestling. Okay. Um, I think Aja, Aja Kong sounds familiar too. They guys, yeah, this is all over the place, this card. So hopefully it's a good one. And then we get a replacement match for Hangman. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say this for my two cents because I'm not super invested. Um, like you said, Bobby, it
3: this has this promotion has all the makings of like the underdog that you want to root for because it seems like this is literally the thing where it's like the wrestlers are running the show, right? And mm. that's something that, you know, for us that have you know followed wrestling for a long time, and I don't consider myself like a very big fan or anything, but um, you know, I, I know about the sport in the industry and, and what it will. Uh, and it's really cool to see, you know, that basically the giant is can potentially be toppled and maybe these guys can make you know, a better wage and, and, and not even just like make more money, but just be more in control of their art, you know, because I mean, you can roll your eyes as much as you want. Wrestling isn't a sport. It's a performance. These guys are performers. They're acting out, you know, per, I mean, scripted events. These guys, they rehearse this shit, you know, and it, it doesn't mean it's not dangerous or that it's not real. Cause it's very real. It's basically a live action stunt show. Um, that's per, you know, uh, Projecting a a physical fight, you know, a confrontation between you know two four twenty athletes at any one time. That's why I've I've always been drawn to it because the fact of the matter is I just like combat sports and I love the choreographing of people fighting each other hand to hand. Combat has just been something when I was a little kid I loved just I'd be in the backyard and I'd be shadow boxing people and I'd be playing Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles or Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter in my head and pro wrestling just goes right into that and like you said Bobby there's either people that are drawn to that type of thing and at this point you would have probably experienced pro wrestling and even though the package it's in i i personally feel can be very unappealing and not worth watching the entertainment value for but then the matches themselves can be very fun and i've always enjoyed that and i equate it kind of like to boxing right if i hear there's a really good pro wrestling a five-star match with kenny omega and um that japanese guy whose name completely escapes me okada, okada. Or whatever, yeah yeah i, I want to watch that just like if there's a really barn burner kickboxing match or a boxing match i want to watch those two because i'm just i'm interested in in the art of the art of people moving their bodies to hurt each other you know whether it's choreographed and scripted or it's an action you know an actual athletic competition between two people that just interests me and this organization is interesting because Professional wrestlers as performers, they do get compensated well when you're at the top, but it's an extremely difficult job where you're basically like Bobby mentions off in the show, you're a carney. You know, you're basically literally driving around in a rented SUV or a rented sedan, driving around the country like a fucking carney. And, you know, you see these guys on TV and you think they're these superstars and they live this luxury life, and they're really in a Ford Taurus. You know basically driving all night to make the next gig and that's basically how their life is and it's extremely difficult because like we said they're performers but it's very real and these guys incur injuries and they're working all the time and you just want these guys to be compensated just like we want the mma fighters and we want the kickboxers and boxers because they're entertaining us but they're also putting their lives and their, um, you know, their ability to enjoy life at risk for our entertainment. We want them to be compensated in a way where if they get seriously injured or they just don't, and they put in a lot of time and effort, they're compensated well and they get to live, you know, nice, cushy um, retirement lives, just like the football players and the basketball players. They do a service for us by making our lives easier. We want them to have an easy life. This seems to be an avenue where they can do that even easier. Big thumbs up. I don't know who any of these fuckers are besides Kenny Omega. I saw the Young Bucks fight one match. I wasn't that impressed. So I don't have anything invested in this, but I hear it's good. And I like Kenny Omega. And if he says these guys are good at wrestling, I kind of believe him and I want them to get paid well. So I hope this goes really well. I, when Bobby showed me the article, I was like, you know what? I don't know who any of these guys are, but maybe I'll watch this if it's on YouTube for free. And I was like, pay-per-view, 50 bucks. I'm out. Well, maybe the thing is, maybe. the pre-show is free. It's free. It's free. And that's no. cool. And, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to, like, dog their product or
1: anything. It's just, like, for me, as a fan... No, they got to do something about
3: that. They they, right. they They have to. And I was, I was talking to Steph about this. Like, if they got more WWE guys that I was aware of, like, hey, you get Riddle in there. And you get AJ Styles. And you get Nakamura. And you basically just say, oh, this is New Japan with all the guys that I know. Then it's like, okay, now I'm interested. And I might start watching. But, like, right now, I just don't know these guys. And hopefully the independent scene is... Hungry enough for this, and there's enough of them that they can, you know, basically make a business out of this and get to that next level. Because I think there's still a lot of steps they need to climb to get there. And for me, as the kind of fan I am, I'm a really tough get. You know, it's, it's going to be tough to to bring me in. Um, but hopefully, they get the opportunity
1: to at least try. So, exactly, Mike. You got any thoughts about this? I know this is not really your jam, anyway. But you got anything? I know you read that article that I sent you. God bless you. But is there anything that you know stuck out to you?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, I. We'll probably watch it, mainly because from the uh, cheat article that you sent, Bobby, it seems to really stress that this is likely going to be the uh, second, you know, like the biggest promotion outside of the WWE since WCW yep. uh, w- w- was around back in, you know, in its heyday of 90s, you know, maybe like 94 to, to 2000. Mm-hmm. So... And I saw some of the names on there. Obviously I didn't know who the hell Glacier was, but I knew who uh Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho are. So um that really interested me. And uh I think if the pay-per-view is less than 10 bucks, how much is it?
1: Oh, Mike, you're, you're It's five times out. it's 50 bucks. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's a tough price. Yeah, for honestly, how no, little they they, Yeah, they got they got to get on like a thing, man. That's they why, got why to Mike get on. said he was gonna watch it. I was like, oh man, you know what it is? They basically have no leverage to like be like to, they pretty much have to take any price to pay-per-view provider is going to do. Look, the, the they got to they they get a WWE network like that.
3: The reality is, is they know they're not going to be hitting the mics and the Marks of the yeah. world. But they got the Bobbies and the Stephans. And I think for now, that's good enough. And like you said, they're going to have a TV presence. They, that's that's going to be it, man. They the have TV to presence. Build Because, yeah, they're not, they're not going to get me and Mike you know, who are not very – I mean, just wrestling is not a thing I go to. I am not. I don't need it in my life Well,
0: paper. for sure, I'm expecting either – Steph or Bobby to uh have a uh, an ex- two ex- two external batteries um on hand Ooh, so well, that they stream. can uh so that they can right, live wait, wait, stream yeah, it's going it. to be a karate
2: hottie and
3: just show you the main event Yeah, <laughs> I like how things like a video feed from you guys in the bleachers is going to be anything more than just like a pixel lit up in the middle hey, of I can point my phone at the big screen mark Oh uh, okay. Touche. Touche. <laughs> That's actually that would actually work. We're gonna work that out because now me and Mike are both gonna see it fall free.
1: Yeah, exactly, folks. That's what we're advertising here. We watch this shit for free on our uh Instagram live. As we hang out, as we yeah. do a live podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they um, better have good Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, shit, man, yeah, seriously. Um all right, guys. Uh thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week where we're gonna talk about this Sweden card, I guess. Um, I don't know. Maybe John Jones will get arrested. Something will happen. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, I'm gonna go to Vegas. Try to enjoy this show, and if nothing else, eat some question, eat some uh, good food. That's bad for us. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm, down, I'm, I'm
2: all about that old man Vegas trip. Give me a couple, cu- give me a couple
3: of games at the table, a couple futures bets, and some good you. food. You guys will both double down one time while you're at Vegas,
1: <laughs> dude. For AEW. double to nothing sir this is a slot machine <laughs> Double it. um be back next week thank you all for listening um and literally a podcast this one where I think we talked about MMA for 10 minutes <clears throat> pardon me so um, you know yeah. what? Put a, hit us up on
2: Twitter. Here's the poll: Should we be a pro wrestling podcast? There's not going to be enough votes. We'll it's
1: keep a- it- <laughs> the whole show. <laughs> it's it's pro wrestling. It does not go <laughs> as well. Hopefully. It's wrestling. Um, okay, I, I, I still got to convince the guys to for my biggie intro to this podcast. Um, anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, peace out. See you. See you guys.